a Midnight Waffles podcast. This is Battle Stations, a podcast about the Columbus Destroyers and the Arena Football League. I'm Frank Walker. And it is finally a victory week here for the Columbus Destroyers fans. You guys have been waiting a long time for this. I have been right there with you. My goodness, I was I was a little bit of a wreck at the end of Friday night's game, which was fine. That's exactly what you expect on that kind of thing. But it was it was intense. I will definitely say that. So uh, it was well earned. Enjoy enjoy it, Destroyer fans. Uh, we're going to jump in this week with our conversation with Coach Matt Sock. Uh, I'll be right back. We'll talk about the the win and and some other things going on around the league. Welcome to the Battle Stations podcast. Columbus Destroyers head coach Matt Salk. Uh, for all right, been looking forward to ask, asking this question for uh, a while. This coach uh, this, for a while here, coach. So after after finally getting a win here, how how are you doing this week? Uh good. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm happier. Um, it, it was nice to see the guys, uh, you know, put it together and get the win. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel good. All right. Now going into last week, I mean, was there anything that you noticed difference in practice or in prep or anything you saw to the guys that made you think that week was going to be different or was it just kind of the same even keel that you've been seeing all season from guys? I mean, we're going to, we're going to continue to do everything to say, and, um, you know, we feel like it's, it's going to be a, you know, eventually be a, a, um, you know, something that's going to get us more wins. Uh, we believe in the system that we have and, uh, we just try to, st- you know, stay consistent. You know, we're not going to change everything that we do just because, you know, we lose a few games here and there. Uh, we want to make sure that we have a system in place. The guys believe in it. Uh, we get guys that fit it well. And, uh, like I said, it, it was nice to get a win. I think the guys, you know, again, just, you know, we, we didn't turn the ball over stuff like that, but yeah, we're always going to try and stay, you know, positive And, and, and like I said, we've got a system in place. And we're going to keep on teaching that system. All right. And is that has you have you seen any extra energy come into this week's practice after after the win last week, or have the guys stayed pretty? Like, yeah, we did. Okay, we finally got one. Let's just get number two next week. Uh, we actually our first practice is, is tomorrow. Um, you know, we I kind of give these guys a little bit uh, some days off to kind of rest and, and recover. Um, you know, we'll we'll watch film and, and practice uh, t- uh, tomorrow and Thursday. But, um, you know, I, I just told the guys, you know, because we, we came in and watched film on, on uh, Saturday. I said, please enjoy it. You guys, you know, worked your tails off to, to get this win. Um, it took longer than we hoped, but uh, at the end of the day, we finally got the win. And I said, enjoy it over the weekend. I said, come Monday, um, you know, we're going to move forward. And, you know, we should be thinking about Baltimore after that. So, you know, these guys have been great. I mean, again, when you, when you lose that many games in a row and you still keep it positive like these guys have done, um, yeah, to me, it's a special group, and you know we're just going to keep on focusing on, on the next game, um, and just make sure that we're doing everything we can to to get a win. All right, now looking at the, I was looking at the drive chart on AFL.com and what they published there, and from from what I saw, this this lineup with what I've seen in the game, the Destroyers you guys scored a touchdown pretty much on every drive come come uh, come Friday there, or was it every drive or was yeah, that one? Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. I mean, was this a perfect performance? I mean, when you went back and graded the tape, how did guys grade out? What did it look like from your perspective? Uh, you know, I think everyone was was at ninety or above. Uh, I think even Grant was was right around ninety percent on his grading, and you know, we did. We scored on every drive. Um, you know, the first obviously the first drive was uh, 
was a kickoff return for a touchdown. But from there on out, we scored on every drive, including the last one. So, um, you know, that doesn't happen very often. I've, I've probably had it happen a couple times. Um, so that's pretty special. And, you know, these guys were focused. They, they played loose. They, you know, Grant took care of the football, uh, made his proper reads, made good throws. And guys made plays all night, so I mean that was it was pretty awesome to see. And looking at the uh, looking at the blackjack side of things, I mean they, with the exception of the first drive of the game and then the last one where it ended because they ran out of time, I mean it looks like they scored almost every drive in between there. So is this something where it it's that kind of margin as far as winning from from you had every drive ended in a <laughs> touchdown and they had you know you stopped in the first one and the second one they just ran out of time. Yeah, I mean that's obviously we don't we don't want it to be like that. Um, you know, we got that first stop in that first drive. We got him in a, a six fourth downs. They converted five of six, which, you know, if you look back at our history, uh, I think we were, we were literally the top defense in the league on fourth downs uh, for, for defense. And, you know, it's just one of those weird things where they converted, they converted them. And usually we get the stops. Um, so, I mean, it was just one of those weird games. It was high scoring. Sometimes it happens where, you know, every team, you know, both teams are scoring and, and not getting stopped, and we just happened to get one more stop than they did and, uh, you know, ended up getting the win. All right. And uh, near the end of the game where things were, you know, you're, the destroyers you guys were pushing, trying to score in that, that last drive there, um, and there was that, that catch that was overturned. Was that something where, in retrospect, you look back and think, well, that, you know, maybe maybe that was lucky, maybe that was a, a good thing for us that that was overturned because it did allow you that time to burn a little more time off the clock there? Yeah, I mean, obviously I was a little worried, you know, with that score. And to be honest, he caught the ball. I mean, I saw it on – I watched it when I came home. I watched the game, and he puts out – I don't know how they overturned it, um, you know, because I looked at the TV angles that they were showing uh, to the refs, and without a doubt he made that catch. Um, but, you know, it did allow us to, you know, kind of run the clock down. I think we ended – I think we scored with 12 seconds. We kicked off. I think six seconds came off. Uh, that allowed them to run, I believe, one play. And then, you know, they had that – obviously that uh, miss and then allowed them to play. So they had two plays, basically. Um, and that was good. I mean, that's – you know, for me, I, I didn't really care how much time was left. I just wanted to make sure that we scored. And, you know, at that point, it's, it's going to come down to our defense – uh, it's something that we believe in, um, and they got the job done. So, I mean, if we scored with 30, I mean, at the end of the day, we're going to allow our defense to play. They get, they would have to have gone down and scored, not kicked a field goal, uh, which was really important with Craig on that last PAT. Um, so, I, you know, I believe in our defense. Even if we would have had, you know, 25 seconds left uh, for them to score, I, I still believe in our defense. All right, and this week you've got – the brigade coming to town. Uh, they're a four-three team. They just defeat beat the uh, previously undefeated Empire. What challenges do you see out of the uh, out of the the brigade coming to town here? Well, I mean they're a tough team. I mean they're you know they've been kind of inconsistent here and there, but overall they're they're a tough team. And you know again they just beat Albany at Albany. Um, you know in a game that they to me they dominated that game. Um, you know their defense played well. They got pressure on Tommy all night. Um, and their offense, I, I think their offense might have scored just about every drive too. Um, so, you know, they're coming in, they're, they're a good team. They, they take care of the football. They get after it on defense. They create turnovers. It's going to be a tough game. And, you know, they've, they've already beat us once. Um, and, you know, like I said, it might, 
my biggest thing is, and we've talked about this nonstop for the last, I think, six weeks, as long as we don't turn the ball over, uh, we will be in the game at the end. And, you know, in the game at the end was just like how it was in, in, in uh, you know, against AC. is the fact that we didn't turn it over. Grant played great. Hopefully we can kind of combine that into two games in a row, and we'll just kind of see how, how it happens. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time this week, Coach. We do appreciate it, and uh, and good luck in preparations this week. I appreciate you. Take care. Again, we do want to thank Coach uh, Sock for coming on the show as always. It's it's very nice of him to, to have his time there with us every week. This last week, guys, this was great. Um, to watch it, it was one of the first times it really felt like everything was coming together. When I was watching the game, the biggest observation I had was multiple times I stopped and I was watching it for a while with my wife. Uh, we also had a friend over. We were playing some games and doing some stuff. And the comment I kept making talking with them was, we're finally seeing Grant Russell when he has protection. And that's the thing you could count all night. Because it, it's every season, every game this season, has been the situation where if you wanted to, you could count you know, for the other quarterback and you would normally get a couple of seconds in before the guy was under pressure. Now in the arena football league, it, it's just, just pretty much straight rushing. Not a lot of, not a lot of fancy stuff with it, but the guys would just go straight for it. And that was it. You didn't this week. You, you was one of the first weeks where their quarterback and our quarterback were having about the same amount of time. And that's a really hard thing to do because Grant Russell, something he's been doing this whole season, has been trying to learn a different game than what he grew up playing, a different game than what he spent years playing. And I know it's football, but there's differences between field dimensions, looking how to go for throw, look at throwing lanes, all that kind of stuff. And he's been making that adjustment while he's not had any time. And this week he finally had that time, and you could see what he could finally do. Uh, I mean, the, the receivers were were great. They were doing a really good job. The catch was thrown at him. There wasn't much in the way of, of blown uh, catches or anything. Grant Russell finished 16-27, 217 yards, six touchdowns. That's something we talked about with Coach Sock that was really impressive. How much just that constant scoring just kept the pressure on on uh, AC, on, on, the, on Atlantic City. And it was... I'm not saying that's something where the destroyers were always going to have that that edge. I mean, that's 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 a tough thing to do, but it did keep that pressure on them up the whole game. Um, that was that was an impressive thing. Uh, Fabian Guerra had a kick return for a touchdown, had 76 yards in receptions. the The thing that the destroyers did this week that was really great was spreading that ball around. Uh, Kenyatta's Cook two touchdowns, Paul Browning two touchdowns, Jensen Stoshak one touchdown. Uh, even the big dude, Kevin Bowen, with with a touchdown there is little uh, the cool little him being the tight end and splitting off was a really good play for them. So it was it was an impressive game overall. I was very happy to see it. The defense did kind of what they've been doing all year, which is playing well enough to win. This was a, a tricky game. Again, we talked about it with Coach Sock, where other than that original turnover on downs and then the end of the half, they. The other team scored each time. But the number he referenced as, as far as what I'm seeing from the official statistics, Atlantic City was 5 of 6 on 4th downs and 3rd of 9 on, on 3rd downs. So they had 9 3rd downs they had to deal with. And then and then the 6 4th downs afterwards. That kept a pressure up on Atlantic City all night that I think if the Destroyers can keep up on teams. Because when you look at it, the Destroyers were 4 of 4 on 3rd downs. They didn't face a 4th down all night. 
So it was something where they finally had kind of that leg up on the opponent for, for most of the game, which was really impressive. I was really happy to see it. Um, something, too, that you saw from the Destroyers this week was their their red zone chances. They were, they were two touchdowns on two chances. The way this Destroyers team has played all season, I think it really helped them that they didn't have to try and convert, that they didn't have to try and do red zone stuff inside the 10-yard line uh, as far as an arena football league team. This is a team... Um, Grant Russell seems to be really good at... And it's part of it's that height is that, you know, just getting the ball downfield, um, getting it in the, in the guys that, that are out there. The, when, when guys are condensed... That is a tricky thing for young quarterbacks to learn in this game because that is the hardest thing. You even talk about it in the NFL where you have a much larger field that once you're in the red zone and you don't have all that space to run back and it's just everything is condensed, it is much harder for a, team, for, for a quarterback to find those open spots, so much more so in arena football when the space is that much less. So it was a great game. Uh, props to everybody uh, <laughs> that, that was there and that was having a good time. Um, and, and just, it was, it, it's awesome to see some things coming together. Is this team going to make a playoff run? Yeah, I, I don't know. We talked about this last week that that really can't be how we look at it at this point. It is just going to be taking it one week at a time. Theoretically, they could. I mean, theoretically, with five games to go, because everybody's played seven, they are two games back of Philadelphia and Atlantic City. Are they going to be able to catch them? That's going to be tricky with five games to go. I mean, if if maybe if Atlantic City goes on a, a two-game losing streak, Columbus, I mean, they would need both Philadelphia and Atlantic City to hit two-game skids at some point while they win two. Because they what they would need is somebody to fall to three and six with them, two teams to fall to three and six with them, or to get to that sixth loss while they're still climbing. So it's going to be tricky with only five games to go. It's it's that 0-6 hole. It's going to be tough to climb out of. But that's not what we're worried about at this point as, as Destroyers fans. As a Destroyers fan, what you're looking for is each week, am I seeing more of the team come together? Am I seeing Grant Russell get it more? Because here's the thing about the Arena Football League. All these guys are on one-year contracts. So it's entirely possible many of these players aren't here next season. But Matt Salk has talked about building around Grant Russell. And this is, when we talked early in the season with uh, Varmasoni, we talked with him about his reasons for coming to Columbus from New Albany. Or from not New Albany, excuse me. That's a city in Columbus, from Albany, the Empire. And he mentioned he's from Minnesota and he wanted to be closer to home. That's where I think the Destroyers are comfortable building around Grant Russell. Um, they can, I mean, this is a kid from Newark. He he still works in Newark. I think during the during through through the regular year through the the fall winter months and, and into the spring. So he's this is a guy you can build around. This is a guy that I mean obviously if the NFL comes calling, he's going to give the NFL a shot. But at this point, you know, as long as he's playing in the Arena Football League, he's going to want to stay close to home. He's going to want to stay in Columbus. So it, that's what you're looking for as a Destroyers fan the rest of this season is what am I seeing out of Grant Russell? Am I seeing him grow? Are we seeing that guy who's going to be this top quarterback for us as we go in the next season? That sort of thing. So it's real exciting where things are at there. Something I do want to touch on is where the Destroyers are at uh, attendance-wise as far as the league goes. Now, the Destroyers are averaging uh, 63.95 as far as fans. 
it was at 7,000 their first home game, then 6,100, then 6,029. The last two games, there was something that kind of hampers them. One, they obviously have the issue of just, it, you know, that first game, more people are going to want to be there. The next two after that, what they're hitting is you're hitting a Saturday afternoon and then a Friday night. Saturday nights are always your biggest games. But we've talked about this on the show before. We will mention it again. A lot of people expected them to just step in and things to be how they were. The Columbus sports scene has changed a lot in the time they were here. The crew gained a much stronger fan following. The Blue Jackets gained a stronger fan following. Um, and, And even with... And Columbus has just got a lot more stuff, too. The city has grown entertainment-wise a lot in those years. So I don't see it as a bad thing. I see it as you have to grow the product. You have to grow the brand. Um, they're at 6,000, 6,300 a night on average right now. That's not the worst number in the world, especially for having three home games in. Um, I mean, in comparison, Albany's averaging 99.80. So they're averaging almost 10,000 a game, which is great for an arena football team. Uh, next after them is Philadelphia averaging 8731. Size of the city has a lot to do with that. Washington in two home games, 7200 a game. Then Columbus at the 63. Uh, after that, Atlantic City is averaging 4802. And then Baltimore is at their 4661. So it, it's just something where it takes time to build that, that fan base. Um, now, if we're in years three and four and we're still looking at, you know, 6300 a game, that's, that's when maybe there's something to take a look at. Uh, but I, at this point, I wouldn't be worried about it at all. This is something where one of the reasons we talked about this prior to the season is this is a long-term investment for the guys making this kind of this kind of push. Speaking of it being a long-term investment, now last thing I wanted to touch on this week is expansion because everybody's always throwing ideas around, and I figured I wanted to throw my two cents in the ring. And I was looking over at the arena fan message boards, and and someone threw up an interesting idea of what do. You, what was it? it was from Memphis, Chicago, 84 there on the arena fan message boards was what do y'all think about Memphis and Nashville being awarded expansion for teams at the same time, like the Valor, Valor and Baltimore brigade. And it's an interesting thought. Cause I, I do think this is probably where the league is going to go for a while. Not saying that they're necessarily, they're going to the South. I think that's got a little bit of a time away from it. But this idea of whenever you award the expansion franchise is trying to get a team closer it happened a little bit this year with Atlantic City being awarded because it, it gave Philadelphia kind of this this uh, close sister team to deal with. So right now what you have is four of the six Arena Football League franchises have a team that's only one hour away or so. I mean, it's a relatively short drive. you got Baltimore and Washington, and then you got Philadelphia and uh, Atlantic City. And I, I do see a lot of wisdom in what may happen there um when we speculated on the show before we've talked a lot about kind of a midwest grouping of teams and i could see them doing a doing that with this coming season trying to get two teams or the next season when they announce doing and and everything we've heard is that the announcements would be coming probably prior to arena the next arena bowl um i, I think they want to give everybody a much bigger time frame than that now now, there are two ways they could do this. They could say, let's build up that Midwest corridor like we want. And there's a lot of people who, I mean, if Cleveland, if you reactivate Cleveland, um, and, and there's a lot of speculation around Detroit, and it would give you two teams right there, and then it would start to build that Midwest grouping very nicely with Columbus, Cleveland, Detroit. Now, Cleveland, as we've talked about in the past, one of the 
concerns there is, will Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cavs and the Lake Erie Monsters and uh, and the Cleveland Gladiators, will he be fine with the idea of the league essentially owning the team and him getting an ownership right in the league overall? Now, to my understanding, it would probably be they would probably have a similar deal to what, say, the Washington Valor do, where, okay, yes, the league owns the team, but a lot of the day-to-day operations would be handed by Gilbert and his people, but the league would still technically have, you know, a lot of power there. And would he accept that? Who knows? It could be interesting. I will throw a wrinkle in there, though. So what what this guy mentioned was like a, a what was he say? Did he say Memphis and Nashville? which would put you two teams in ten- the state of Tennessee. Now, the reason I think of Memphis-Nashville for next year is very far off is your closest team then is, what, Columbus or maybe Washington, and they're both pretty far away. So I, I wouldn't think that would be the way to go because if you're talking, what, Nashville to Washington, D.C., that's that's 10 hours driving, so that's another team where people have to fly. Um and if you're looking at it being Columbus to Nashville, then it possibly, I mean, I guess it's only a six-hour drive or so, but still, you're talking about where teams have to fly. Now, something you could theoretically do if you wanted to, if the league started saying, hey, you know what, we do want to go to a, uh, we do want to go to maybe start shooting south. Theoretically, you could use, say, either Cincinnati or Louisville as kind of a gateway to the south city. So you could maybe do a Columbus, Louisville, Nashville corridor kind of thing. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to build this Midwest thing. But there's all sorts of interesting ideas if you start thinking about them pairing it as two at a time. Because in theory, what could happen if, say, they add Cleveland to Detroit next season, okay, that gives you this kind of this... uh, That gives you your little Midwest cluster of three teams. You've got your teams on the East Coast. If the decision was, we need to go national quicker, we want to try and get bigger quicker, as far as like a larger footprint, it's a little bit of a distance, but you could do things like Charlotte-Atlanta, which would give you those sister teams, whereas, yes, they do have to do a lot of long-distance traveling then, but at least when they play each other, it's not as big a deal. Or, somehow, you know, the the the, the Florida triumphant that happens, Jacksonville, Orlando, Tampa, something along those two or three Honestly, what you could do if you if the team if the league wanted to try and go more of a national appeal quickly, it, it depends on what they're trying to do. In my mind, you grow slowly, you do it regionally. You get about five teams in a region, then you grow to the next region. If you wanted to move things a little quicker, you could do Detroit and Cleveland next season, and then the following season, if you can convince teams to come out of other leagues or just go in and just you know force people out. If you had the Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville grouping, if you had all three in the league, you have three teams that are in driving distance of each other that can have those games. Yes, you still have a long distance in traveling to get to the other cities, but all of a sudden you'd have a Midwest grouping, a Southeast grouping, your East Eastern seaboard grouping, and all of a sudden you've got a good chunk of the country. And, and then you're then, I mean, essentially to be a National League, then you're looking at getting a, a, some West Coast and getting something maybe in Texas. But it, it, there's a lot of possibilities here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes when they announce it here um, in the next few months because I'm just – it'll tell us a lot about what they're planning for the future. Anyway, 
what I'm excited about right now is playing uh, Baltimore this weekend. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the games this week. Uh, Have a good weekend, guys. Thanks for listening, and go Destroyers. Thank you for listening to Battle Stations. 